Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Welcome to the Casting Across Fly Fishing Podcast. I'm Matthew of castingacross.com, where I explore the quarry and culture of fly fishing. This is closing in on 150 episodes of the podcast and so if this is the first time you've tuned in thank you i am happy that you are here and if you've been doing this for years i appreciate you sticking with me and if you've been a casting across audience member from the website even before uh, the podcast came along i am really happy that you're sticking with me and that you are continuing to hear and read what i have to think and say so that's the first thing but we're almost 150 episodes in, and I'm realizing that I can adjust my microphone settings so I can actually have the air conditioner and the fan on in the room that I do the recording and it not interfere with the sound. It's been years, and in the summertime, I turn it all off because I don't want that background noise. Uh, and I've realized that with a couple of quick clicks of the mouse, I am able to mitigate that to the point where it is virtually imperceptible. And so you are continuing to get the clear audio quality you've come to expect from the Casting Across Fly Fishing Podcast. But you did not come to the podcast to listen to me talk about me having my air conditioner on on a warm September evening. You came to hear about fly fishing. And we're going to talk about fly fishing, but we're also going to talk a little bit about fly fishing periphery today. Because, you know, I get emails... And I get chirps on social media, and of course I run into people here and there uh, in fly fishing shows and uh, just out and about, and we get to talking, and I get interesting questions, and I'm very excited to get questions about fly fishing. That's what I write about. That's uh, kind of my, the bread and butter of what casting across is. But inevitably, people will say, hey, I heard you mention this on the podcast, or I read this on the website. Could you answer a question about something 
kind of related to casting across, uh, but not explicitly in the world of fly fishing. And that, to me, is really cool for one because it shows that you know we are multifaceted people. Uh, even if fly fishing is one of our favorite things to do, even if that is kind of our identity as far as, as the, the pursuit of, of what we do, maybe when we're not 9 to 5 in it, that there's other things that we're interested in and we can find common ground in those things. So definitely going to talk about fly fishing today, but I'm going to talk about what I've been up to. And this might be interesting to you. It might not. It might spur you on to try something that I'm doing. It might simply give you a frame of reference as you read Casting Across or you listen to the podcast. So let's start off with a fly fishing thing. What have I been doing? I have been fishing small mountain streams for brook trout. And if you've been an audience member or been reading Casting Across for any length of time, you know that that's one of my absolute favorite things to do. And I just have been swamped this summer. It's been a very good summer. Uh, Work has been busy. If you know, I am a pastor at a church outside of Boston, and we just have some really exciting stuff. We have a church plant that's coming up. Uh, we have a lot of ministries coming back online ever since uh, COVID kind of shut things down and slowed things down almost 18 months ago. And so it's been a really busy summer. And so I have not really wanted to be particularly adventurous. So I haven't been trying new things. I haven't been going to new rivers. I've been going to tried and true rivers. And that's something that I think that no one should be ashamed of doing. Um, I'm certainly not. I don't have any regrets from where I fished or how I fished the summer. It has, with the exception of maybe some trips down to Virginia and just some other things uh, that I've done here and there, I have fished mountain brook trout. I have fished in lakes that I'm very familiar with out of a a canoe or a kayak for a warm water species. And I've fished for stripers in one spot, one spot all summer. And I'm happy. I've been productive. I've enjoyed it. I haven't had any FOMO uh, with uh, what I'm seeing other people do. Would I like to go and catch a big fish or a pretty fish somewhere else? Yeah, absolutely. But I just don't really have the bandwidth to do the kind of exploration that that entails right now. Uh, I even have uh, I have a stack of cash. That's that's my saving system for my my trips. I don't uh, save for trips in my bank. I save for trips uh, in my top dresser drawer. So if you track me down and you break into my house, you could find a, enough money to go on a fly fishing trip, which is not enough money for you to warrant uh, breaking and entering. Let, let me be clear about that. But I've got this this stack of, of you know twenty dollar bills just waiting to go on a fly fishing trip. I just have been content doing what I'm doing and haven't really had the opportunity or felt like I could afford a weekend away. Uh, that's where we're, where I am in life, where time in a lot of ways is more valuable than money. Not that I have money to spare, but in fly fishing, I have more stuff and I have more money than I have time, and so I'm happy to continue to do the same thing go back to that same river and chase brook trout and a couple stripers and largemouth thrown in for fun but that's that's the kind of fishing that i've been doing now looking forward to this fall maybe as september rolls around i've I've been taking a couple people fishing i'm I'm hoping to do that a little bit more as uh, september uh, goes on and into october in new hampshire Uh, some of the rivers closed down in october so now is the time i'm also I'm really excited about this. I'm looking into getting into duck hunting this season. I have only done it very, very casually, and I'm looking to integrate that into my outdoor activities. Something I've talked about a few times in the podcast is diversifying your outdoor experience. 
I don't know how many times I've been out trout fishing and I've seen ducks and I've thought, you know, I'm a decent shot with a shotgun. I could probably do this. This seems like a lot of fun. Inevitably, what's going to happen is I'm going to go out in the duck blind or I'm going to go out in the, the boat and uh, we're going to be sitting there. I'm going to be seeing fish all over the place and not see any ducks because that, that's that's the way it is. I see lots of deer and turkey when I am out uh, uh, fishing and I see lots of trout when I'm out hunting. But uh, we'll see how this uh, duck hunting thing uh, comes into the fold. So I'm getting ready for that, uh, getting all licensed up, getting kind of – I'm really not, like, diving into it like I do with a lot of things. So I know this is very tangential, but stick with me. Uh, if, if you know the podcast and you know kind of the way I think, I like to really know my way around a subject. But for duck hunting, I'm really just excited about learning from my buddy who does this all the time. He knows what he's doing. He's the kind of guy who could be a guide if he wanted to, but kind of like me, he's got a real job and a real life, and duck hunting is just his passion, so kind of like fly fishing for me. And so I'm pumped about just taking uh, you know, the passenger seat and having him tell me this stuff and just taking it in from his perspective and then using that as kind of my starting place for figuring out how duck hunting fits into my fishing and outdoor pursuits. I'm excited again because, you know, I know that feathers are pretty helpful when it comes to fly tying. And uh, I know that duck meat is awfully tasty. And I also like being outside with good people and exploring new places. And there's a lot of places that are swampy (laughs) where I live in New England. And so it's going to be great for for duck hunting. So uh, that's something that is on the horizon that, again, although I'm looking forward to it, I'm not throwing myself into the kind of research and comprehensive survey that I usually take when I am uh, starting something new. So that's kind of something uh, different and uh, hoping to kind of come at it from a, a blank slate. So you kind of see that dichotomy of my outdoor pursuits over the last uh, uh, couple of months. I have the same old, same old fly fishing. I'm not treading any new ground with that, just deepening my familiarity and awareness of what I already know and I already uh, relatively familiar with, but kind of appreciating the ease at which I am fishing those trout streams, bass ponds, and striper spots, but also really taking time to focus in and grow in those areas. I haven't arrived. I haven't caught every striper. I haven't caught every brook trout. I haven't caught every largemouth or pickerel or smallmouth. There's always something more I can learn from these spots. And to me, growing in that way is as exciting, if not more, than like blazing a new trail into some other kind of water. But then also, even if I'm being lazy and resting on my laurels, I can still get into fish. But on the other hand, with duck hunting, I'm just going to take it as it comes and uh, learn in that way. In a second, I'm going to talk a little bit about what I've been reading and listening to and some of the gear that I've been using lately. But first, I want to talk about Manscaped because support for the Casting Across Fly Fishing podcast is brought to you by Manscaped. They offer precision-engineered shaving and grooming tools. Manscaped has just launched their fourth-generation trimmer, the Lawnmower 4.0. You heard that right, the 4.0. You can join over 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code CASTING. 
That's C-A-S-T-I-N-G, casting, as in casting across, at manscaped.com. I want to circle back to something I mentioned when I was talking about Manscaped earlier. Uh, I was out hiking and fishing just last week up in the mountains, uh, four and a half miles in. I actually checked my my steps on my phone uh, because I felt like I was on the water a lot longer than, than the three miles that I mapped out and just from moving around on the river i had an additional mile and a half what does that have to do with manscaped if you are a furry guy and you are hiking around if you're getting hot you're spending time outdoors that can get uncomfortable you might not even realize that the discomfort that you're feeling is because you are excessively hairy so if you don't necessarily care about what others think of you, you might take an interest in something like the Lawnmower 4.0 to clean yourself up. I mean, this works everywhere outside of your face, and it's not going to snag, it's not going to pull, it has wireless cordless charging, there's an LED light. That's cool just because it's a fun little feature. So. I recommend this. It is a step above uh, the kind of grooming tools that you would buy off the rack at a big box store. Uh, you can find the Lawnmower 4.0 and other shaving tools at manscaped.com. And again, you can get 20% off and free shipping with the code CASTING at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code CASTING. You can unlock your confidence with the new Lawnmower 4.0 from Manscaped. So other gear that's not male grooming related that I have been using over the last few months. I've talked about it before, but I am a big fan of the Reddington field kits and I've been using the cold water field kit. It's a nine foot, nine weight rod, medium fast action, behemoth reel, and a Rio intermediate striper line. It's an awesome combo, and for the price, it comes in at $350, and it has quickly become my go-to surf casting rod. It is not a super premium outfit, and it's not the quote-unquote best rod and reel that I have for fishing for stripers here in New England, but it's just a really easy casting rod, and it throws the kinds of flies, the moderately weighted flies with a, a, a... non-wind resistant body uh, incredibly well. So I find myself keeping the thing in the back of my van uh, so that when I go to the beach with the kids, I can easily grab it and it's all in one tight little package and I can fish with it. So that has been a great rod and reel that I have been using this summer and it's just a, a real pleasure to cast and like I said in a, a recent podcast you know if you are on the fence about getting into a type of fly fishing if you are a bass person and you want to try trout or vice versa you're a trout person you want to get into salt water you could do a whole lot worse than going with a pre-packaged kit from one of the you know premium companies and Reddington did a great has done a great job with the, these field kits these are uh, high-end rods and reels but I, I feel like I've said it a million times the line is top notch. They use really, really good reel line. I'm a fan of, of reel lines and, and am totally happy to use their, their top of the line stuff because it just casts better. It is an immediate way. If you find the right taper for your rod, it's an immediate way to add a little bit of distance, a little bit of line speed, a little bit of accuracy, and all those things kind of work together if you find the right fly line. 
I've also found myself fishing more with a backpack. I have sling packs. I have a lot of different styles of sling packs. I have a couple of vests. I have a lot of storage options, but I find myself using a backpack more because I just like the flexibility. I can throw anything I want in there within reason if it's a day trip. And I'm using the VitaVu Spinner Day Pack. I'm using one of the old school ones. This one is a nylon pack that is incredibly durable. It looks brand new even though it's very, very old. This is actually one of the first models that VitaVu put together. Now it's a PVC coated nylon, so the thing is water repellent resistant. You can't say waterproof because, you know, like if you put uh, your birth certificate and your social security card in the thing and submerge it, it's going to get wet and then you could whine and cry about that. So you can't call it waterproof, but it's very water resistant, uh, the, the ones that you can buy these days. And it's just an awesome pack because there's just not a lot of bells and whistles. The uh, shoulders are very, very comfortable. And the best thing about this pack from a feature standpoint is not some funky doodad that got lashed to it it's that you can slide the chest strap in or out so that your shoulder straps either are over kind of your sternum or under your armpits and that allows you to shift the weight of your pack throughout the course of the day or based upon your activities the most basic way that I like to use it is that I shift it to the outside when I'm hiking and then I fish it to the inside over my sternum while I'm fishing. So although it, it, it would probably be cumbersome to hike that way, when you're trying to use your casting arm and then your mending arm or your stripping arm, uh, you're not having anything rub underneath your armpits. Incredibly clever design. But I think just from a principle standpoint, consider using a backpack. If you are going for a longer day and you want to throw in a DSLR camera, if you want to throw in a rain jacket, if you want to pack an extra pair of shoes, which I'm a big advocate of, even though my foot injury is almost healed and I can hike in any shoe I want to hike. I, I did it in kayaking shoes a couple days ago when I did that four miles in. I did that in kayaking shoes and it was not a problem whatsoever. But uh, consider bringing a backpack, even though it might not be quote unquote fly fishing gear, you might find that it is incredibly helpful and it gives you a lot of options. And you know what? You can bring a French press, you can bring a grill, you can really turn your afternoon in the water or something fun. Okay, off the water, I'm reading. I like to read. I read a lot, and I always have a couple books that are going at one point in time. And I have quite a few going right now, and part of that is because I like to kind of keep my brain limber and just kind of bounce from genre and style. So I've got three books at work that I'm going through, and I have two books here at the house. Uh, one of the books that I'm going through is called The Feather Thief, Kirk Wallace Johnson. This came out a couple of years ago, and there's some really good interviews with uh, Johnson, including one on uh, Tom Rosenbauer's podcast, and I would definitely recommend checking that out uh, if you just have no clue what this book's about. But uh, it's not a fly fishing book, but it's and it's not a fly tying book, but it's about feathers and fly tying and true crime and mental health and all sorts of stuff. So it's a really fun book. I mean, you can get it for a couple of bucks in paperback. I bet you can find it at a used bookstore. You can grab it on uh, online. But I'm also reading, this has nothing to do with fly fishing, I'm reading uh, C.S. Lewis's Space Trilogy. So I'm not a sci-fi guy, uh, and I'm not even a huge C.S. Lewis fan. You might say, oh, you're a pastor, you don't like C.S. Lewis. C.S. Lewis is kind of more of a philosopher than a theologian, but that being said, I really appreciate his perspective on worldview stuff and the way he thinks through things. I don't agree with a lot of the things that he says, but you know what? 
That's a good thing to do, is to read and listen to people you don't agree with everything they say. But the Space Trilogy is incredibly different than, say, the Chronicles of Narnia. And uh, it's, it's just a, a really great read. There's three books uh, in, in the series. It is um, Out of the Silent Planet, and Iron Maiden has a song called Out of the Silent Planet about the, the book we're talking about. Out of the Silent Planet, uh, Paralandria, and That Hideous Strength. And I'm about uh, two-thirds of the way through That Hideous Strength. And... This is interesting, actually, and this ties back into fly fishing, uh, because uh, I have been listening to uh, these books. I, I've only listened to a few books here and there. I listened to so many podcasts, but for this summer, I thought, you know, I'm going to listen to some books. But what that means is I have not been listening to other fly fishing podcasts, with a couple uh, exceptions. Um, there's there's a few that always make uh, make the playlist as soon as they, they appear on my app. But yeah, I've, I've kind of been staying away from the fly fishing online world a little bit more lately. And it's nothing personal. I just uh, I haven't been on social media a whole lot. I haven't posted a whole lot. And so if if I follow you on uh, Instagram or something, you're know, like, man, he just every he like likes ten of my pictures every ten days. It's probably because I haven't been on in ten days. Um, it's I think like I said, things are busy. And it's not that I'm against looking at pictures of your fish or your kids or uh, the latest and greatest products. I absolutely love that stuff. It's just not finding as much time to do it these days as I used to. So not super present on a lot of social media platforms, but I'm constantly putting stuff out there, which means I guess I'm a bad like community member. I, uh, I, I give, but I don't get or I, 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 I publish, but I don't uh, participate. I'm not sure what it is, but... Uh, I've been staying away a little bit from social media. Plus, you know, I don't have a problem with people posting political stuff adjacent to their fly fishing content. I have a problem when people don't want to have a conversation. Um, there's no rules to Facebook or Instagram or Twitter. I mean, there are rules, obviously, and they'll they'll block you or shadow ban you if, if uh, our digital overlords aren't happy with us. But uh, when, when people try to argue or convince other people with 140 characters, it just doesn't work out. So maybe I just need to chill and not be frustrated by it and just swipe on past. But I think that's part of the reason why I've not been super active on social media lately. But I'm content. I'm happy. I don't know if I'm happier but I'm plenty happy without it. But uh, I'm sure things will cycle back in as my schedule gets more regular. I'll find time to do that. But it's a lot of fun on uh, on Sunday mornings is when my phone tells me how much time I've been on my uh, on my phone. It, it tells me how much time I've been on it. Uh, I'm sure yours does too if you have an iPhone. And it's like it just keeps going down and down and down. This doesn't make me a better person than anybody. I'm sure there's going to be a, a day coming when I'm you know tapping and scrolling and doing all the things that I do uh, just as I was doing a couple of months ago. But right now it's like, you know what? I'm just as happy without tapping and scrolling. And I feel like my creative juices are flowing a little bit more when it comes to the website, uh, even even though I'm not uh, engaged in as much uh, online as I used to. So anyway, that's 20 minutes of kind of what I've been up to. 20 minutes of the stuff I've been thinking about, 20 minutes of the stuff I've been fishing for and reading. As always, I'm interested to hear what you're up to. Uh, I appreciate emails and uh, messages that just have uh, kind of an update. Say, hey, you know, I, I read you're doing this. This is what I'm doing. Uh, it's, it's also cool when there's a little bit of synchronicity. Be like, uh, you know, I saw, heard you were fishing here. I was actually fishing there the, the previous month. That's awesome. Matthew at castingacross.com. Happy to hear it. In a couple of weeks, I'll be doing a uh, fly fishing accusations podcast where I interact with listener 
emails and messages. So uh, send them over and I will potentially read them on the podcast. This week on castingacross.com, the first article was called Catch More Fish Together. No, that's not what it's called. Fish Together for More Fish. Fish Together for More Fish. Doesn't really flow off the tongue, but the purpose of it is you can use your fishing buddy to catch more fish. And that might sound awfully pragmatic and maybe a little bit greedy, but read the article. I think you'll let you'll see what I'm saying. And you probably uh, agree if you have fished with somebody else uh, for any point in time uh, over the past uh, angling years that, you, that you've had. And then the next article is called Fly Fishing Gear When Bigger is Better. Fly Fishing Gear When Bigger is Better. And this is something that I've been thinking about for a while. And just recently I got a, a new product. It is Loon Outdoors uh, Nip and Sip XL. So this is their third generation of this product, which is basically just nippers with a bottle opener on the back, hence nip and sip. And I'll talk more about that at the end. This is going to be my recommendation on the podcast uh, this, uh, this week. But it's bigger. It's a larger set of nippers. And so I got looking at all my gear and thinking, you know what? A lot of the stuff I, I really go to time and time again is not the lightest, smallest, uh, most delicate gear. It's some of the just kind of durable stuff that fits in my hand well that I can just grab and I can use. And so although we do like to use incredibly lightweight, space age, fancy schmancy stuff, there's some things where, you know what, it's just nice to have the thing that fits right and the thing that fits in your hand. And if you are a bigger person, if you have bigger hands, if uh, maybe you have some dexterity issues or mobility issues, it's nicer to have things that are a little bit bigger. So I talk about not just the nippers, but also a pack as well as a reel with a drag knob that is just super easy to navigate in that article. Uh, fly fishing gear when bigger is better. You can check out those articles on castingacross.com. So this week's recommendation is the Loon Outdoors Nip and Sip XL. This little set of nippers comes in at $37. You can find it on Loon's website, but you can probably also find it at your favorite fly fishing gear purveyor. And it's it's a basic set of nippers, but a couple of things that I think are, are worth mentioning. The first is, is that the jaws of the nippers are at 90 degree angles from where you apply pressure. They don't kind of jut out. I find in that configuration, a lot of nippers, yes, you can see and, and cut with precision, but I feel like you have to exert a remarkable amount of pressure, especially when you're cutting heavier fluorocarbon or maybe even something that happens to be braided. So I like that these nippers from Loons, they, they really just require squeezing and they're going to cut great every time. But the, the hand positioning doesn't matter that much because you can grab these things anywhere because they're big. So if you have a pair of gloves on, if you've got big hands, you're not having to kind of use your, your um, uh, pointer finger and your, the tip of your thumb. You can just kind of grab it with your thumb and the, the side of your forefinger like you're doing a normal pinching motion. And I really like that. Bottle opener works great. Perfect little bottle opener. Comes with a great little lanyard. I mean, they're a little bit bigger and they're a little bit more bulky. But if you have the thing hanging off of your neck uh, or you're going to have it hanging off your pack, you're not going to notice it. I had the thing hanging around my neck for the aforementioned, you know, eight mile uh, um, there and back jaunt into the woods. And 
my, my neck wasn't worn out. It didn't wear a hole through my shirt. It's just a great pair of nippers that are in kind of that medium to medium low price range for what we find in fly fishing today. So I'll put a link to the Loon Nip and Sip XL in the show notes to this podcast page on castingacross.com. Thanks for listening to the Casting Across Fly Fishing Podcast. Please subscribe in your favorite podcast app and rate the podcast on iTunes. Then head over to castingacross.com for three posts a week on the people, places, and things that go into the pursuit of fish. Mm-hmm.